The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi, and welcome to episode 57 of the Mighty Whites podcast. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, we've we, we've been away for about a month, as usual. I'm joined by Casey. Can it be said, I've not gone anywhere. Just in life, generally. <laughs> <laughs> Still stuck at the bottom, one of life's victims. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was you that did the going away for a while to, uh, have, to have some nice recovery time. Yeah, I am... I am a really extensive, like, classy tourist, you know, real-world traveller. So I went to get pissed in Tenerife for a week. Lovely. It was fucking awesome as well. Loved it. Yeah, so you got a, it was nice. You got a ball update while you were in Tenerife. That was nice. Yeah, but, uh, speaking of ball update, we should probably get that out of the way before we do football update. To be honest, I forgot to update you about the latest ball update, so there's even more of a ball update now. We should say ball more. <laughs> Ed balls. <laughs> yeah, so... In that time, I went to have, uh, and guys, cross your legs here, I went to have a needle in my balls that I was then told, shortly after it happened, didn't need doing. Yay. Since that, <laughs> I was then referred to a surgeon because I was told I had a, had a hernia, went to see the surgeon, he did the hernia test, you know, cradling the balls and everything. Not a hernia. It's a hydrocele. Which is what they thought it was originally, right? Yes, and it turns out they stuck the needle in the wrong place. So, without wanting to get too graphic, where did they stick it? Like, did they just miss it and put it into, you know, like, the meat around your hip? <laughs> I mean, well... <laughs> like, well, more around sort of your coccyx, the underside, like, did they hit gooch? <laughs> what happened? Because they, they still went in through the... Basically, the hydrocele is at the top of my balls, and he went in at the bottom, so... Yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, and it was it must have been off it ago. Started from the bottom, now we're here! <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah. Although I was, I was then told by the surgeon, uh, who did a lovely little diagram on a whiteboard and everything, it was, like being in a, it was like being in a biology lesson again, but wearing a gown. And because you couldn't understand what was going on and then failed afterwards. Hey, there was no test, but yes. <laughs> uh and apparently the aspiration didn't need doing at all either. It's completely non-emergency, so I'm now just living with an extra ball. You're just going to wait till you're back in the country and then do it? Uh, we'll see. Might stick with it. See what the ladies think. You know, it's not the first time you've ever said a sentence like, the aspiration wasn't there. I mean, it's it could go on your gravestone if it goes wrong. <laughs> no, I think uh, from coaching over here, the... the uh, my girl seems already know what's on my gravestone, and that's the words, if in doubt, put it out. Put it out. Right out. Right out. There's a reference. Uh, <laughs> but however painful all of that was for KC, having needles in his bollocks, all of that stuff, just know it wasn't as painful as Chris Martin's 91st minute equaliser for Derby at Ellen Road. Yep, that's how long it's been since we've done a podcast. <sighs> yeah, we've not even had a chance to talk about um, Derby's go-kart night. No, um, the problem is, it was a really bad time to go away because that was so ripe for taking the piss out of And now it's it's just done. Uh, what we're probably better off doing 
is just quickly going through the four games and just talking about the season as a whole. Yeah, I think that works. Right, so 1-1 at home to Derby, Max Lowe on goal, and then Chris Martin's 91st minute equaliser. Battered him, should have won it easy. Uh, this one I was away for, but I did find a bar showing it. Charlton won, Leeds nil. McCarley born after... McCarley? McCauley. McCauley born after Casillas' fuck-up in goal. It was dreadful goalkeeping. Uh, wasn't a good wasn't a good day for him. No, he's, he's had better days. There's not really loads we can say. Uh, Jonathan Lecco apparently has made a complaint of Kiko Casilla saying something racist to him. Uh, it sounded like him and Macaulay Bond were the two people that heard it. I don't know. Hope I'm hoping that there is some innocent explanation, and it was a word that sounded like something, but. I mean, if he did it, I don't want him to ever play for us again. No. So. And the and the Spanish don't have the best history with not being racist. No, that that is stereotyping, but you know that stereotypes exist for a reason. We have seen Spanish football and Spanish football fans in particular. Uh, but yeah, it's one of them. Like, it's if it, if he did it, then I just don't. That's it. And. Not in a, oh, people can't make mistakes and come back. But, like, he's not that good to begin with. Because everyone's a hypocrite in football. If this guy was as good as Nigel Martin, would I be like, oh, well, he's made a mistake if he apologises, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not that bothered anyway. Is this the, the sporting equivalent of uh, of Jim Jeffries? How good do you have to be? How good do you have to be to get away with being racist? Well, apparently as good as John Terry. That's that's the ceiling. That's the uh. doesn't need an allegedly. <laughs> uh, but well, we bounced back from that one 0 defeat. By the way, we, that was a really shit game. We really weren't good. No, I got I got to see all that. Uh, up, to, I think I saw all of, up until the last twenty minutes or so because I had a I had a morning game that day. But yeah, yeah that we just never got going. Yeah, I was in a bar. Me, uh, my fiance Sarah, and. A Charlton fan. Uh, the Charlton fan seemed really confused about how I seemed to know more about their team than he did. So he wasn't the closest football fan in the world. Yeah, I'd have distanced myself from Charlton over the last few years. Yeah, fair. Then bounce back. Uh, great one 0 win at home to West Brom. Kyle Bartley showing where his allegiances lie with an own goal. This shortly after trying to decapitate uh, Patrick Bamford again showing where his allegiances lie he knows that most of the fan base want Nketiah to start so he thought <laughs> right I'm going to kick the fuck out of Patrick Bamford here we'll do him all a favour yeah this was a first half we were absolutely all over a miles better team second half we kind of dropped into a more defensive well Bielsa even admitted he screwed up he brought on Tyler Roberts and it did not work we lost complete control at midfield and then had to drop into a defensive shape. But we dropped into a defensive shape, let the opposition have the ball, and didn't concede. It's a miracle. Yeah, like we we actually we saw some pragmatism from Marcelo Bielsa, which I honestly think is the first time we have seen that in the entire time he's been in charge at Leeds. Yeah, and it, it was definitely needed at that point as well because Cooper had gone off injured. Uh, was it? It was Ailing that came on for Roberts, wasn't it? Yeah, Ailing came on and they went much more defensive. But yeah, the they they had a lot of possession, but I, again, I don't think they ever really threatened a goal too often. No, I think he made two or three saves, but Casilla only made one save that wasn't a really easy one. There was a 
the guy they've got on loan? Is it from is it Pereira they've got on loan? Mateus Pereira, he, he looks good. Yeah, he he looks he looks absolute quality and, for uh, them. Sawyer's absolutely ran the midfield in that second half. I yeah, we were watching him go in. I'll tell. Well, I mean, we talked about wanting to sign him because he's he'd fit perfectly into our system. But he, uh, we're watching him going. God, he just gets ball, plays passes, and does not give the ball away. A bit like Forshaw, but even more didn't give the ball away. And then I'm pretty sure that when we got back, we checked his stats for the second half, and he had 100% passing. Like, just it was a very good performance. But we beat him, and which I think put us back to the top of the league at that point. But then, then James Linnington happened. This is just ridiculous. This is. The anger from this has lasted way longer than the playoff semi did for me. I was absolutely fucking apoplectic. I think the problem is we're very used to Leeds disappointing us. So we've kind of become more accepting of it. So when we imploded like we did in the in this playoff semi-final, there is that little bit in your mind going, yeah, this seems like something we would do. Yeah, there was a bit of that, it's fair to say. Uh, yeah, they just the whole everything about this decision of just how it was a penalty, how it was a red card, just all of it, so incredibly wrong. Yeah, we just had, there was, yeah, there was nothing right about it. It was, it wasn't, he never touched him, so it should have been a booking for diving. But if he gets that wrong and just thinks it's coming together, then nothing. But he doesn't, he gets it wrong and thinks that it's a foul. So he gives a penalty. Not only does he think it's a foul, he thinks it's a deliberate foul because he gives him a red card. So that means that he thinks it's a deliberate foul and he doesn't see Calvin Phillips covering for him. I, that, that was the one thing I really didn't get There's like from that. extra things that are wrong. It isn't just one thing being wrong, it's five. I really don't get at all how it looks like a deliberate foul. Uh, you know, from any angle. And by all accounts, the referee seems to have a decent... The view of it as well is oh, sh- one of the replays that has, you know, like if it was in front of the south stand, it'd be from the cop, but zoomed in. Yeah, like directly behind it, the referee's in shot. He's looking right at it from fifteen yards away. You can see, yes, you know, I, I could understand why almost why you'd see a penalty given in real time, just because Barardi has run across the back of him, and there is a chance that he's clipped his. You know, clicks his standing leg as he's going, but to to say in any way that that's de- a deliberate foul is it's just ludicrous. I don't know where, you know, it's not as if Brady's Brady's not within three yards of the ball by that point. Ball's already gone. He's just gone behind him, and then who was it? Uh, Tom Brad? Is it Jed Wallace that went down? No, he scored the penalty. It was a uh, Tom Bradshaw that chucked no, himself Bradshaw. over. Tom Bradshaw takes another touch and then thinks, I sod this. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. There was a, a comment on Through It All Together under an article that I wrote about it. It just says, about that referee, uh, James Linnington has issued 19 red cards in 132 matches. Leeds have been shown four from seven, at an average of 0.57 red cards per match against a career average of 0.14. Or 0.7 red cards per team, making him eight times as likely to show a red card to a Leeds player than his average. No other referee who has officiated five or more of Leeds United's last 290 matches has issued more than 0.22 red cards per match as opposed to the 0.57 for Linnington. That doesn't say anything, because legally I would not be able to say anything, but that is, admittedly, it's a very small sample size. I could not, you couldn't actually draw a scientific conclusion from it. 
but that is not that wouldn't fit within a standard de- uh, standard deviation. Yeah, there was also, and then there's the nice touch as well of him only sending players off whose surname begins with a B. Yeah, which was which was a nice touch going through. What was it Berardi, Belushi, Byram, and Bridcut? Well, yeah, I think I, I did see some of the videos of the other decisions, and some of those were bollocks as well. Did Michael Normanton put up a video of him? I think so. Yeah, he, he said he'd gone. Sounds like somebody <laughs> did. Yeah, they they'd gone through some of the decisions. I think the only one they couldn't really find was the Byron one. Yeah. Obviously, after that, Wallace scores the pen. Um, Tom Bradshaw, it was, I mean, he was diving, cheating bastard, but it was a good finish from the cross. But Luke Ayling showed that he's not as used to playing centre back. He got caught long side far too easily on the run. But once Alioski scored after like 15 seconds at second half, by the way, in this game, I'm by no means his biggest fan, once Jack Allison moved to the right, he looked four times the player. And seeing as Helder Costa has also been crap on the right, maybe just switch him. We do the old switcheroo. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once he got that goal, which was good work from Harrison, easy tapping, as soon as we got that, I thought, oh, we'll, I think we'll be okay here. I really thought we were going to get at least a point. But then, and I know we had 10 men, which does make a difference, obviously, but we had all of the ball for 40 minutes and didn't create a chance. Yeah, it was. We, we were very much camped out in, in Millwall's half, but... Like you say, there was no real, no real threat to their goal, unfortunately. But it's hardly a surprise given this this kind of run of games. Yeah, it wasn't great, but I suppose we're we're a decent way in now. I'm just going to pull up the table to see what everyone's points are. I've, I've got it right here for you. Ah, cool. I can say it. I believe right. we're fifth at the minute. Yes, we are fifth. 11 played, 6 wins, 2 draws, 3 defeats, 20 points. Uh, we are 2 points off top, who is West Brom on 22, who've only lost the one game this season to us. Uh, Forest are level on points with them as well in second, and that was just one behind on goal difference. I know they got a point at Ellen Road, but at Ellen Road, Forest looked crap. Uh, the books, so, it's a, like I say, it's a tied record for them, both of... Won six and drawn four. Yeah. So it's so it's hardly as if they're streaking away with it at this point. Given no. you can like you know it's been mentioned elsewhere, you can go down to ninth, who is which is QPR, who are still three only three points off the top. Championships doing it again by the looks of it. Yeah. So you know it, it's tight up there at the moment. We've got Swansea and Preston just ahead of us on twenty one points as well. So. And you looking at it in that regard, it almost feels like we are much more disappointed with this, this start to the season as a fan base than than it probably merits, given the landscape of the championship at the moment. Yeah, I think the reason why it's such a disappointment is uh, it's because if we'd have finished anything like, we'd be five, six points clear. Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at the, if you know, you we don't concede that goal at Derby. And we're top of the table. Yeah, it's. I know that w- there's obviously there's loads of analytics accounts now, and uh, Blades Analytics is probably the most well known. But there's a Stoke one, and they did, they did one, they did like a, you know the wheels like you get on Football Manager. Yeah, they did one of them with Leeds, and Leeds are like first for pretty much everything except for the conversion rate which we're just abysmal i mean at this point we i think everyone kind of knows my feelings on xg and stuff like that you know for me 
very much the traditionalist of the two main categories that we need to be focused on right now are a points and goal scored and they're just not good enough yeah i'd say the finishing just the problem is at the minute that there is one thing that we have missed too many big chances but i also think we haven't created enough big chances we've created a lot of okay chances so this kind of brings me on to the first thing that i that i kind of wanted to talk about so again we're 11 games in how do you feel about Click playing at 10 up to this point? Click at 10 has been better than I thought. Well, the problem is Click isn't playing at 10, really. When Before the injury, it was like Click and Forshaw were both playing 8, but with Click slightly more of an attacking one. It's almost like we don't... When you play Click there, you don't have an actual out-and-out out number 10. And yeah. I would always prefer for us to have one. But what I will say is... Our defensive stats and how many goals we've conceded is better than last season in this system. Mm. But I'm I've I've I always I've said I said all last season I prefer Click as an eight to a ten. Yeah, and I feel like Click's game isn't as well suited. Like you say, I think he he naturally just tends to play a little bit deeper anyway. And I think all of a sudden now when you've got someone playing that a little bit deeper, it puts more pressure on on your two wingers to create more. And I and you know, I could be wrong, but it, it does feel like we do not create as many chances through the middle of the field now. Um, you know, I, th I think the ball has to go wide more often. And so I think we're a little bit more predictable as well. I would agree with that. I definitely think we're more predictable. Just having two wingers with click in between them is always going to be more predictable than having Hernandez wide and someone like Asayes in the middle. Because then you've, yeah. got, you've got two players there who can create something out of nothing. And these last few games, where we haven't had Hernandez and Helder Costa's been off the, ball, off the boil, we haven't had anyone who can do something out of nothing. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm quite glad to see Tyler Roberts back, who I don't think is, you know, I, he's no comparison to Hernandez or Saiz in that regard, but is is more of an attacking threat from 10 at least, and, and he might play more as a, set, as a shadow striker than a than an advanced playmaker, but I still think we have more of an attacking threat through him than we would someone like Click, who, you know, again, I, I've said time and time again, I, I'm a big fan of Click, but I, you know, that run we had at Christmas last year, I wasn't a fan when he was when he was playing number ten. Um, you know, it'd be quite nice to see once once if well if given how Leeds have been the last year and as also under Bielsa, if we get kind of a full roster of you know, Hernandez, Roberts, uh, you know, Harrison, if, and hopefully if Helder Costa can get into some form, you know, if you can rotate between those and even just rotate their positions through games and just switch them about a bit, which is something that I don't think we've, we've done enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's backed up by the last four games. We've, we've played four games. We've scored three goals and two of those were own goals. Yeah. And, you know, you can understand teams getting own goals when you're creating the chances, but, at the same time, when when those are the majority of your goals in that sort of a run, it's disappointing. And one of the things I would say, and I know it's kind of become almost a bit divisive now as to whether you can criticise Bamford or not. I would say I don't. I don't even think Bamford's service has been brilliant. So I don't. You know, I I don't think Bamford's the most natural goal scorer anyway. I think he tends to play a bit deeper. But 
the service also hasn't been there for him to to get better chances on goal. Now, whether if that improved, whether he, we'd see him getting more goals, I, you know, I'd, I think it still remains to be seen because I still don't think, you know, as, as we were talking about earlier, given the, the sample size with Lennington's decisions against Leeds, I don't think the sample size is big enough to judge Bamford yet in terms of minutes played. Not, not on this season. I mean, the problem is that even in with last season, because he missed so much of it, it's really hard to do. And because statistically, it holds up well. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still at the moment, his his goals to games ratio, even you know goals per minute ratio, is still decent. Mm. The longer the longer we go on runs like this, it just it's going to start slightly drifting further and further away from that. Yeah, like it's it's one of those. It's one of the easy things to look at and just immediately think. Then, but just playing Ketia because he's a he is a much more natural goal scorer and. I would probably. I'm starting to come down on the side that I think I would, but there is no doubt that the past over those four games there hasn't been loads of it. But the bits where we've had Enketia on the pitch and not Bamford, we have played worse. Yeah, and I think we can look at the West Brom game as one of Bamford's best performances. Oh, he was absolutely well. He was comfortably man at match. Everyone get that was one of the ones that really shows that you can't always look at stuff like who scored. Because on who scored, I think he was Leeds' worst-rated player. Because yeah, it his... doesn't it doesn't track just how much he ran and chased and harried and held the ball up and. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was that game was was peak Bamford, and he was he did a great job winning free kicks. His hold-up play was fantastic. He had that again in the build-up to Bartley, uh, absolutely siding him down on, outside the box. He had that turn where he was in between two defenders and just his footwork was fantastic to get out of that small space. And then he missed an absolute sitter. I So I, I, I defend him for this one. And I, like, I can see why people go against him. I, I think it's great work from Johnson who... Oh, it's good goalkeeping. I just don't think the keeper should get a chance to save that. I, well, I, I think in Bamford's head, he's thinking the goalkeeper's going to commit himself and I'm going to wrong-foot him. And I think Johnson does a great job just holding his position, mm. uh, which kind of, which I think throws him off. But uh, yeah, I on you know, there's, there's no argument that should have been a goal. Yeah, because I mean, Costa's miss is just as bad as well, which is also good goalkeeping as well. But yeah, what I would say is like, if you're going to go, yeah, and you could wrong foot him by put, you could wrong foot him and put it somewhere near the corner. Yeah, or even from there, just try and even back heel it from Bamford. At any decent contacts in it would have been in. But as a, that was the one we won, so that was the one that made the least difference. Uh, obviously, we yeah. miss it. We with Cooper going off, we are missing him. Yeah, it's it's you know it's going to be interesting, and it, you you kind of look to how we ended up last season around Christmas when Cooper was out after the Sheffield United game, and you saw Phillips dropping in with having with us having Berardi fit. It'll be interesting to see if Bielsa sticks with him, which I imagine he probably would do. Now that his ban obviously got rescinded. <laughs> You'd imagine now that the back four would probably be Ailing, Berardi, uh, Ben White and Alioski is most likely his, his first choice back four. Probably, but I'm not sure Ailing will come back in. Because Dallas only played centre mid because of the injuries. Yeah. So I I think if we have central midfielders back... Like, if Forshaw's back, or even if Shackleton's back, which I think Forshaw's way more likely by the sounds of it, 
But I think Forshaw would come back into midfield and I think Dallas would play right back and I think Ailing would be on bench. I mean, I hope so. I, th- I think I don't think Dallas deserves to lose his place. Um, it has been interesting to see that with the injuries to the midfielders, moving Dallas to centre mid, um, it wasn't the most... It wasn't the best performance, but then again, well, the thing looking was, at that Millwall. He only played there for 12 minutes. Well, yeah, true. Then Ailing had to go to centre-back and he had to move to full-back. Like it was, yeah. And in that 12 minutes, he got forward well and he had leaders only two shots on goal. You know, it's like, I, I would be tempted to play Ailing right. The way that our wingers have been playing, if Hernandez still isn't back, I'd be tempted to just play Dallas on wing with Ailing behind him. Yeah, um, I you know I I would probably prefer Dallas as a left winger because I think he he probably does attack wise. I think he probably does his most damage cutting inside. But and the other thing as well that'd be good if you play Dallas if if we did play Dallas left wing was he is more likely to be at a cover for the left back getting caught upfield. You mean for the Alioski getting caught upfield? I actually think when Douglas plays there, he gets caught more. He doesn't go forward as far, but he can't run back as quick. Yeah. It's been interesting seeing Barry Douglas's sub-appearances. Yeah, he's, some of the times he's been brought on have made very little sense. Yeah, and given the, his record, and, and you include a few games last season as well, of, of his sub-appearances, it's hardly like you're bringing on... You know, I think if you brought on someone like Berardi as a fullback, it kind of makes sense. He, he's a very defensive-minded player who, if you're looking for someone just to kind of shore up a spot, it makes sense to put him on. It's not Barry Douglas's style to come on and, and sit back and defend. Well, no, that's why Bielsa likes him. As I, oh, yeah. I've, I find it amazing that we've got Douglas and Helder Costa, who were the best left side in the championship two years ago, and we haven't once given it a go. Yeah... It's, I mean, I, th- I think one of the one of the big issues that I think people are starting to lose patience with now is how much Bielsa sticks to what he perceives as his best starting lineup. You know, I'd I'd love to see what stats it is that he that he sees in in Jack Harrison that keep him playing week after week because you know just as a casual observer, there's there's no end product there. You know, even you kind of get away with it in the West Brom game where. He definitely held on to the ball too long. Yeah, I. Um, but he was able. To, but he was able to recover that and and lay it off to Alioski for the assist. When when I looked into it and wrote an article with him and Costa, it this is admittedly about three and a half four weeks ago now. So the stats might not be exactly the same, but he had the worst cross completion in the league of anyone. You know who'd had more than sort of ten crosses. Yeah, I can understand how he's still in while Hernandez is out. But I, I really, I, I don't think that he, he, he certainly, he wouldn't be in my starting eleven. Obviously, don't get me wrong. If Bielsa picks him, Bielsa picks him, and I am willing to just go, okay, cool, because it's Bielsa. But I don't. You can't just because I have complete faith in Bielsa doesn't mean that I agree with everything he does. Yeah, and and again, the the longer this goes on, the the harder it is to defend things like that. You know, it's. To the point where it's not something I would call for right now, but there is part of me thinking, well, what happens if you maybe almost switch from last season and have Alioski as your left back and, and Barry Douglas as your left winger? You know, you've got at least you've got a natural left-sided player there. Douglas doesn't have the speed to get back, but he definitely has the ability to put in a good cross. Better at this point, I think, than Harrison. Oh, he's definitely a better cross-up ball than Harrison. I would, I'd just love us to try and find a way 
to just have... I mean, once Hernandez is back, if you've got Hernandez and Costa, they can't double up on both of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can, but it just means that Click and Zolt. Click has got the freedom of the pitch. Yeah, and it'd be quite nice if you kind of have... And that that's one of the things you can't do with Click either, that he's not going to be the sort of player that roams out wide all that much, or he's going to switch positions with Harrison or, or, or with Costa that often. And it's and not that it's something I particularly want to see either, whereas if, if you've got Hernandez in there, you have three players who could pretty much rotate and play each other's positions at will. Yeah. Now, so what what sort of score would you have us on out of 10 so far for the season? I'm I'm going to give us I'm going to go six and a half because you can't you can't complain about the position we're in when you're two points off the top of the table. Yes, yes, we've not been at our best, but we are where we are. You can't we couldn't you can't turn your nose up at that position right now. Yeah, that's true. You can never you can't say it's bad. I just said because in my head I still go off like old school football manager scoring where six is like your starting point. Yeah. So I'd be giving us a six. Because I said, yeah. I've said all season, I said before the season in the office when everyone and the dog were tipping us up to win the league, I've said, I am confident we'll get in the top six. Because I think that's like the minimum, expe- that's the minimum we should do. And at the minute, that's where we are. But there is the potential there, if we get this right, to win this and win it relatively comfortably. But I don't see us doing that. No. I mean, again, the good, the good thing being at this stage is that as I said earlier, that at least between Forest and West Brom, they're not streaking away with it yet. They've still been dropping points. So there's the as long as we're as long as we're keeping in touch with you know the top two, top three, you know I'm I'm happy at the moment. And given how last season went, it might not be the worst thing if if we are one of the chasing teams for a longer period of time. Yeah, that could, it could end up helping. We should go through the other news and stuff. With how long we've been away, there hasn't been that much. Uh, 23s have had three games. I've I've just realised there's something wrong in the notes, but luckily I remember what's wrong. Uh, three games, two defeats and a nil-nil draw. They lost 2-1 at Hull, Ollie Casey with goal. Uh, got beat 2-1 at home by Crew, Robbie Gotts with goal. And then drew nil-nil with Birmingham in PDL Cup. Oh, uh, oh. Sorry, we have a visitor in the podcast studio. It is my lovely fiance Sarah, bringing me a beer. Hello. <laughs> what a, what a winner. Thank you very much, Sarah. You're very welcome. Love you. Love you. Hello, everybody. <laughs> mate, say what you want. She brought me a beer. <laughs> that's that's what you need, mate. <laughs> the beer or the woman? Uh, the beer. <laughs> well, probably for me. Yeah, no, the... Uh... I just need a hug. That's all I need. <laughs> well, and you're not going to get it, because you're all alone <laughs> across the sea. I'm all alone. The 0-0 draw with Birmingham was very disappointing. They didn't play that well and Birmingham were out of 10 men quite early on. And if I remember rightly, it was Jonathan Grounds that got sent off. Who, not to come off all Watford, must be about 34. <laughs> yeah, I was just... I was, yeah, he's been around for a while. Yeah, um, there was a f- bit of funny news where Marcelo Bielsa won the FIFA Fair Play Award. Yeah, interesting. It's, it's not the award I would have pegged him as winning this season but it's one of those things that i find quite funny now that he was he was chastised so much for the the way the aston villa game went down and yet fifa have given him the fair play award everyone came down so hard on him for for spying on other teams and yet the football league made it legal and just said not within 72 hours of a game yeah it is weird i find it odd that surely fair should be following the rules and what Bielsa did was not follow the rules with giving them a goal. Because by the rules, we scored. 
he basically said he's match fixing at this point. Yeah, they're well. What they're basically saying is the fairest thing to do was to not follow the rules. But you know, fair enough. It, the the best thing was that it did piss off a lot of people. I mean, I believe Mason Bennett described it as a liberty, which uh, it's a diabolical liberty. Yeah, uh, but you know, luckily Mason Bennett has never done anything wrong. No, no, never. Mar- arbiter of the game. I, I still cannot believe that their players did that. It got even worse when it turned out that the club had offered them a free ride home. I do think that's the side. You look at the state derby you're in as well, it does very much seem one of those signs of those players do not give a shit about Philip Koku. And that it, it's it's like he has managed to lose the dressing room already. I think it's down to um, a sort of holdover. There's a lot of players there that have been there a long time and it's probably become... One, I mean, Richard Keogh probably was running that dressing room. So if it turns out that he wasn't great, then it'll probably carry on. Anymore. Dom, you don't need to step around like the microphone can't pick you up. If the microphone is falling over, just come into the room. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, the microphone had started just sla- just steadily falling and falling. <laughs> the Mighty Wise Podcast is recording at recorded in the medicine room studio. He will come in and fix it while you drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's been a fair few new contracts. The first ones were weird. Bryce Hassana, Pascal Stroik and Kun Because they have signed deals that will keep them, quotes at Elland Road for the foreseeable future. I couldn't find anything that actually said how long. I'm going to guess two-year extensions. Yeah, two-year contracts, mate. Uh, three-year deals for Charlie Cresswell and Stuart McKinstry. Which, um, I, from what I've seen in McKinstry, I really like him. Yeah, and, and Charlie Cresswell's made the step up to the under-23s the last few uh, last month or so, hasn't he, as well? Because we, we've been kind of putting out younger and younger teams for the 23s. Yeah, Cresswell's been good, as has Ollie Casey. It was, I thought it was a, quite a good sign for him that after Cooper got injured, obviously the question was, do, we, do you have enough depth at centre-back? Which we don't, but Bielsa said, yeah. <laughs> But he, uh, you know, he said Berardi, and then he obviously said Phillips can play there, Ailing can play there. But he also said uh, Ollie, Ollie Casey. Like he, he, he made sure to mention him in terms of the first team, which I think is quite a good sign for him. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, McKinstry and Cresswell's three-year deals were good, and then Luke Ailing to twenty twenty-three. Yep, he's staying around. His Luke, which I think we're all happy with. Yeah, between obviously the new deal for Phillips being five years is fine because it's. Whether we go up or not is the actual thing with his contract. But um, Cooper, Dallas and Ailing all getting new deals. They are right to give new deals. There is an argument, though, that some of them are a little bit long. Well, Like Cooper getting a five-year deal. If you're planning on getting promoted this season, there's, there is an argument that three or four would have been fine. Listen, that man is going to be leading our defence alongside Calvin Phillips when we get an injury in the Premier League. Calm down. Yeah. When Brighton want forty million for Ben White, and we're like, oh, <laughs> have you seen the story saying he's off to Liverpool in summer? Well, it, he's he's very good. I, I could see him fitting in, particularly if he's going to be back up to Matip and Van Dijk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just keep loaning him back to me to <laughs> Leeds, not me personally. You on Football Manager? Yes. Uh, by the way, I think the bait is out in about three weeks. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I will. I will be getting FM twenty. Yeah. Uh, I always say it's basically Leeds United news. Did you watch the Warrington fight on Saturday night? Uh, I actually wasn't able to watch the Warrington fight, but I did. I basically have watched the knockout. Yeah, uh, second round TKO of Sofian Takusht. Going in when I saw his record, I thought, that's a pretty strong record for Josh Warrington to be like 66 on. 
but then we saw why. It was he needed a quick, impressive knockout win, and that's exactly what he got. One first round, and then it's second round. Floored him with a great punch, knocked him down again, and then referee had to come in and stop it. But it was a it was a very good performance, exactly what he needed. Yeah, especially after the the Kid Galahad fight, where and this is where I pretend to sound like I know absolutely anything about boxing whatsoever. It was a, a drawn out victory, which you know it wasn't the most impressive of fights, but. You know, it, it was very much a case of doing what he had to do, whereas here it was get in, absolute flurry, and, and finish the job nice and quickly. Yeah, well, they, said, they kept saying on commentary that he struggled with a southpaw in Galahad, and Takushita was a southpaw, and you, there was no struggle whatsoever. Yeah, I was going to say, we, at no point have we mentioned who, who accompanied to the ring this time. Oh, yeah, he came out with the dead-eyed stare of Pablo Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs> so. Again, just... Hernandez looks like a scarier boxing prospect than Takushd. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably what put Takushd off, is just he saw the eyes of Pablo Hernandez, he saw deep into the abyss and thought, oh, what's the point? Mm. He surely wasn't, like, staring at Marvin the Paranoid Android. <sighs> what's the point? <laughs> 20 for technique and I'm out injured, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> Uh, then early hours of this morning, Martin Ziegler from The Times published an interview with Radrizani, uh, where he said there's lots of interesting pa- interested parties, three of whom are still sort of in talks with the club. An unnamed owner of an Italian club that everyone is shitting themselves is Chilino, which it won't be. He wouldn't come back to England. He wouldn't. Surely doesn't have the money. No, one, I don't think he has the money, and two, mm. it was so much of a pain in the arse for him. I think he'd come back to England. <laughs> I certainly don't think he'd come back to us, because hey, he might get run Charlton. over. <laughs> hey, Charlton, your last honour was a dick, I'm here. He probably is better than De Chatelet. Like, I mean, he really has. Yeah, we'll be co- Yeah, we're going to become a U.S. speedy, clearly. Yeah, Pimonte Calcio, I believe, as the FIFA fans have to call him now. So they signed an exclusive deal with Pro Evo. Oh, did they? Yeah, so all the players are in and everything, but the club name isn't. <laughs> so uh, Juventus of a new Jens Musterman. It's, I love these licensing agreements sometimes. Yeah. Uh, there's also a hugely wealthy American guy who's a fan of the club. And then, of course, the Qatari blood money. Oh, it's back. Yeah, QSI, they are back in. And uh. they, from the way it was presented in the interview and the way that there has been noise around it, they would seem like the most likely. But uh, Graham Smith made quite a good point earlier today. If it was Qatar... It w- I know that he's got involvement with other clubs, but it wouldn't have made a great deal of sense for even Bravo to have just left. Yeah. Which I've missed off the news, actually. Even Bravo left. Yeah, he's he's gone back to Qatar, I imagine. I imagine to the... Is it, is it Bravo that had the links with the Aspire Academy? Yeah, he's one that's linked with the Aspire Academy, and him and a couple of others bought Alcohol in Spain. So I think he just... For a second, I thought you said alcohol. I was like, hang on. Yeah, not but... in Qatar, mate. Not in Qatar. Well, you can get it there, I think. Well, in, in I won't say private clubs, but that makes it sound like he's going to some sort of sex bar. Well, it's I'm, we should stop before I get us in trouble. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know him well enough to make these sort of allegations. I, I was going to be not... I wasn't going to allege behaviour on Bravo's part, more on the entire nation-state. Oh, no, I'm, f- I'm focusing on even Bravo here. Qatar can do whatever it wants. Just don't involve me. Yeah, like, there are a lot of people that really want QSI, and I can understand why. Like, I mean, Radrizani even says in that interview, 
you know, this is a team that could put Leeds on a spending level with Man City if they wanted to. But I just, I just don't want a regime that has done the things that they have done recently owning the football club I support I just don't want it yeah it just it just leave a bad taste in your mouth it's you know I'm assuming the American guy is probably racist as well since I'm insulting everyone else yeah let's get Chilino back then may as well <laughs> eh I no because what about his yacht well, <laughs> not the tax uh, bit the other thing <laughs> Uh, Jesus. So, but that's the story. He, he, he was quite particular about saying, this is more an if leads go up and need to raise the stakes a bit. He, he said it had more to do with that rather than something immediate. But I do think Radrizani publicly making comments like that, I actually thought it had happened anyway, but I think even more now. If we don't go up, I think he sells in the summer. With his parting gift of selling Calvin Phillips. Well, yeah, but I think that that's, that deal, you know, it wouldn't matter who owned us. If we don't go up, he's gone in the summer. Yeah. But we will go up and it'll all be fine. Yeah, Calvin's going to go play at Yara 2020. Nice. Yeah, I mean, did you watch him against... Did you watch the game against Czech Republic? No, thankfully I missed it. By all accounts, it was horrible. Yeah, we were dreadful and completely deserved to get beat. Just to say that, that Northern Ireland just won 3-2 in the Czech Republic. Yeah, in a well, friendly. England are winning well right now. Uh, I don't England know. Are Bulgaria. I don't know what the team is. Uh, I'm gonna take a shot. I'll take a shot at Rashford. It was Marcus Rashford. Oh, get in. <laughs> do, you, do you want the starting lineup? Yeah, no, I don't care enough. <laughs> no, fair enough. <laughs> I'll put this question to you though. So, you know, given kind of the feeling across the country after the last World Cup. As a as a Leeds fan, how how do you feel about England these days? I want them to win, and when there's a tournament on, I all I, I start to really care. But the entire time in between tournaments, because we are now qualifying so comfortably, you know, with the extending the tournaments so more teams qualify, because we're just qualifying really comfortably, yeah. I find it hard to get particularly interested outside of the tournaments themselves. When the tournaments are on, I'm fully in. I'll watch every game if I can with every team. But in between times, it's hard for me to give a shit. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, who would have been the last current Leeds player to play for England? Because you you, you're going back to 2000. Would it? We definitely haven't had anyone outside at Premier League. No. Um, you're probably looking at someone either like Rio Ferdinand... Smith might well have played in the final season. Ah, yeah, probably Alan Smith. Yeah, Smith, Smith in 03 or 04 will have probably played. Uh, Paul Robinson might have as well in that same season. Oh, maybe, but oh, Paul Robinson was bad then. He did not have a good time. Paul Robinson with his thinking of, it's into the back of the net, I best dive now. But he made his England debut in 03, so he could have. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be one of them. So let's get Calvin Phillips in the England squad before he leaves. Yeah, I guess we should get on to the two upcoming games after that. Yeah, here we After the, uh, I would say, not very structured up first two-thirds of the podcast we've had. Uh, the centenary match. I'm not going to lie, it could have been a bigger name that we play against in our centenary. Yeah, it could. Uh, but Birmingham, at least... Um, but at uh, least- just before I forget... Uh, 
stats Dalton his book is out and he's being sold like as part of the centenary stuff yeah it's- full involvement of the club and everything and that's that's great to see because uh I, mean, yeah. I know everyone knows him on Twitter. I don't know how many people have met him personally, but he's a really nice bloke. Yeah. Is this his third book now? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. He's putting him out. He's a machine. Yeah. I think it's about 30 quid, which admittedly is expensive for a book, but I'm sure that with the effort he'll have put in and everything, it will be worth it. And, and given the amount of time it covers, it's probably cost per page. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. See how many pages there are. Divide it by thirty. You'll be fine. I've I've had Moscow's book for ages, and I still haven't had time to read it because I was going to read it on holiday, and instead I drank alcohol a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. But w- work is quieting down a bit now, so I won't be stuck there till fucking three o'clock in the morning all the time like I'm in the minute. Yeah, I quite like how what's going on now. It's quite nice that we got a couple of different books coming out. Uh, we got a centenary gig going on in Millennium Square as well, haven't we, I think? Yeah, uh, I think that Skylights are playing, but I yeah. I haven't looked into it because I think I'm at work at the time. So, yeah, B, it's, and it's the one thing I quite like about this for our centenary game, Saturday, 3 o'clock, magic. Yeah, Saturday, 3 o'clock is nice for this. It should be, really. So we'll be in a different kit, which somehow hasn't leaked. Yeah, what, what are you thinking for the kit? I think it'll be white and very and with almost nothing on it. They might even have been able to. Get, I think they might even get away with no sponsor. Yeah, because it's for a one-off game. I think that if they've thirty-two red would get better press from letting it happen than yeah. from being on the shirt. I mean, it it's worked for Paddy Power, hasn't it? Not being on the shirts. Yeah. So thirty-two red, the best thing they can do is say, "Oh no, we don't need to be on this." Just uh mention on Twitter when you show a picture of it thanks to 32 Red for not getting in the way mm. that would probably do them more good yeah I'd love to see the I'd love to see the blue and yellow half and half I do like the old blue and yellow one but with it being a home game I mean hell if I want some money you, you could release the centenary away and home if you wanted to but uh, yeah I think pe- people are still going to buy it I think yeah, because it's a home game, I would like it to be just a somewhat really traditional, like just a white kit, <laughs> white. See, I get I get spoiled over here, not through the Timbers, but uh, through the the college football team I passively support. When you say college football, do you mean football or soccer? At football, is that the Oregon Ducks? Yeah, yes, there you go, the Oregon Ducks, um, who, because of their affiliation to Nike, uh, you can tell I've been over here a while now, calling it Nike, Hmm. uh, they get a new new kit for every game, because Phil Knight, the head of Nike, was, you know, he was, uh, he went to the University of Oregon, or Oregon University, Hmm. I can never remember which way around it is, um, Plastic fan. Yeah, so, yeah, well, like I said, very <laughs> passive. But yeah, they, they get a specially designed kit for every game because of this of this link. So I'm I'm saying we should do that for a forty six game season. <laughs> New kit every game. Uh, we we're pull, only ten years away from something like that. Kappa, uh, pull your finger out. Well, speaking of, it's sounding like Adidas is sniffing about for next season. And I would be delirious if we got Adidas. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, 
Anyway, you know all of that kit talk? That had very little to do with playing Birmingham at home, didn't it? Apart from the fact we're going to see it at Birmingham. But yes, apart from that. Yeah. So yeah, they're 12, 16 points from 11. Uh, by the looks of it, they play 4-4-2 pretty much all the time. So I'll probably be Phillips deep and playing as a bat three. Uh, Lee Camping goal, who I think is the worst goalkeeper in the championship. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. And he's been crap consistently for about five years. Yeah, that pretty much covers Lee Camp. He's He's been around a while. Derby got rid of him. And he's still crap. Yeah. Um, back four will probably be Maxime Collan at right back, Matt Robertson, Harley Dean at centre back, and Christian Pedersen, the left back, the bot that got him in all the trouble. Uh, they've also got Jake Clark Salter as well as backup, so he could play at the back as well. Uh, they have got some, they, obviously, they're managed by Pep Clotet as well, which is something yeah. for us to keep an eye on. Uh, midfield is the, where they're most interesting for me. I've got. They'll be playing Dan Crowley on the right, who's been getting really like rave reviews, and he he looks like a. From what I've seen of him, he looks a really good player. Actually, I, I'm not gonna. I've seen nothing of Birmingham this season, so I, I've got to take your word for this. Yeah, the uh, the Dan Crowley deal. It was one of them that came across as really quite cheap. He'd been out at uh, Villam Tway. Oh, yeah, like came through at Arsenal. Had a few loan deals. Didn't do loads, and went out to Holland. And did really well. Played for him. And it but it was only about seven hundred grand and apparently he looks like an absolute steal for that price. Yeah, it's nice. It's good good it's a, I mean that's one of the things I do like about the championship is is you know, it's a good base for some younger players to kind of drop down to get game time and, and kind of establish themselves. Yeah. Uh, on the left we've got a few more options. We've got Jefferson Montero who's really he's really quick and skillful. Fran Villalba, I don't know as much about, but he's apparently all right. Jacques Magoma always plays well against us. Yep. Uh, and then the most interesting one, who could also play in the middle, he, I think they might leave him on the bench for this game, just because they'll probably be expecting to be back to the wall. Uh, 16-year-old Jude Bellingham, who's made like three stars, three starts, couple of sub-appearances. He's scored two goals already. Oh, nice start. He looks like being, like in three weeks on FM, he'll probably be a wonder kid. Yeah, again, sounds brilliant. Not a clue. Yeah, no, it's a, he, he'll be interesting. He could, he might just be a regen. You've just made him up. Yeah, maybe he is. Centre uh, mids, even Sunjic, they paid a decent amount of money for, and we were linked to him at one point. No, I don't remember. And then David Davies and Gary Gardner, who were a bit more Birmingham. Like, those are the more, more the sort of players you associate with them. It was Gary Gardner who properly shithoused us last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sunjic is the one that um, you know the Croatia under twenty one lad we were strongly linked to. Ah, uh, yes, that's Sunjic. Here's another name of someone that seems to have established a good championship career and purely championship. Fucking Jukovic is still around. Yeah, Lukas Jukovic. He had a hell of a season last year. Him and Che Adams both got. I mean, I think Adams got like nineteen, twenty goals, but Jukovic got. Because there was that stat going around, weren't there, where there was only like six players who had mo- double figures for goals and assists. And Pablo Hernandez yeah. was in it, and then Messi and everyone, and Lucas Jukovic. Uh, i tell you what, and I, I, you've just reminded me of this now. There was a... Uh, let's see if I can find this. Uh, th- I saw a table came out, and it was the best uh, goals-to-minutes ratios. And some of them were pretty predictable. But in the top five... 
there was one Leeds player who has played for us, uh, I'd say, since we got promoted back to the championship, who made the list. So if you, who do you think it would be? Goals to minutes this season, and he's played for us since we got back. Oh, no, no, oh, no, not this season, all time. Goals to minutes, what, just full stop in their career? Uh, yes. And he's played f- for us. <laughs> Antonucci? No. Be funny, though. He's got a brilliant overhead kick at the weekend. That's probably why he's in my head. Yeah. He is foreign, though. I'll give, I'll give you one more, one more guess. Yeah. He's got, like, a brilliant goals to games ratio overall in his career. It, I mean, he, he had a belting one in Albania... And he's been good in Turkey. Ekuban? No. Uh, so it's slightly misleading when I say career. <laughs> but it's uh, David Sommer. Oh, yeah. Because of his incredibly limited career. Yeah, that makes sense. You've got Messi and Ronaldo in there and David Sommer. Oh, the other one that was in there was Chris Boyd. Yeah. <laughs> I, I... There was like... Some of these names are not like the others. Yeah, there'll be. I'd have thought there'd be a few in Scotland. I'll tell you who it would yeah. be if they were willing to include his time since he kind of half retired and then went out of retirement and has been playing in Wales again. Lee Trundle. Oh wow! So the last like three yeah. years, he scored like forty odd goals every season. <laughs> scored a hat trick in about eight minutes at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some impressive ones, uh, but it was quite nice seeing. David Sommer in there. Yeah, I always liked Sommer. Sommer might be the last name I got on a shirt. Oh, maybe. He's definitely the last current player I got on a shirt, which says a lot about how long it is since I've done it. Uh, I was trying to, I'm trying to find the picture because it was him that posted it. And I was looking on Twitter and someone went with the handle of at real Sommer. And it's, there's been no tweets from this account. Loving life at Leeds, but still love the still love the motherland of South Africa. Yeah. What what a try. Yeah. So obviously we meant we'll get back to the game. Obviously we mentioned Jukovic. We've also got Alvaro Jimenez and Karim Mirabti. I don't really know much about either of them, to be honest. They've played uh, Jimenez up with him a lot more. <sighs> These aren't great, but they've done slightly better than I thought they were gonna. Because the people who saw Pep Glitzet, like, on that Not the Top 20, uh, one of them's an Oxford fan, and they said he was horrendous yeah. when he was actually in charge. He's one of them that, that his rep is great coach, not a good manager. Mm. Uh, but he seems to be doing all right so far. So uh, what do you reckon we'll do against Birmingham? I know what we should do, which is we should fairly comfortably win this. Uh, the pessimism has set in already. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a page out of your book and try and be pessimistic. I'm gonna say a one-one draw. Yeah. And hope it de- I'd hope it delivers us a win. Yeah, that'd be nice. Now nah, we'll win two 0 uh, And then Tuesday night, Preston away. We might actually be doing a podcast before this game, probably on the Monday night. But if we do, it won't be out till after it, due to work and stuff like that. So we'll preview it now. Uh, Preston are third in league and have been really good. Yeah, they uh, had a really good start, and I think the the most I've seen is kind of that Josh Harrop's had a pretty good season so far for them. Yeah, I think I think he has been quite good. They always play four two three one by the looks of it. Uh, Declan Rudd in goal, good keeper. 
Daniel Fisher have been right back most of the time, so he'll be, he's all right. Patrick Bauer and Ben Davies at centre back. Patrick Bauer has looked decent. I don't know a great deal about Ben Davies. No other left backs, Joe Rafferty and Andrew Hughes have split time. Not that Andrew Hughes. No, not that one. Uh, the two in midfield will probably will be two of Ben Pearson, Paul Gallagher, who is now a deep line centre mid, having been a striker all those years ago. And he's about 36 now or something. Uh, Alan Brown, he's all right, and he could also play Cam and Ryan Ledson. Obviously, Ben Pearson's a good player, but he's a walking yellow card, and he's got sent off against us twice, I think. Yeah, be it's good to know. We'll set, uh, we'll set click on him. Yeah, get him on wind-up duty. Again, it's, it's quite interesting seeing Paul Gallagher make that move, but clearly it's working. Yeah, uh, the attacking mids, obviously Josh Harrop, who's done really well. Uh, Daniel Johnson, who's got seven goals. This season, which is quite a lot. Sean Maguire, Billy Bowden, uh, and then up front they've got one of David Nugent or Tom Barkhazen. But if if Nugent plays, Barkhazen will probably drop back and play as one of the three. But I don't think yeah. Nugent will play because he hasn't got the energy. Billy Bowden is definitely a regen. That is a regen name if ever I've seen one. Yeah, he'd uh, he'd drop into your academy when you've got a lot of Scottish coaches. Yeah, he's he's not Jod Body Slam by any means, but. No, I still can't believe that you don't have a screenshot of that anywhere. I know, I'm I'm absolutely devastated. One day I'll get, I'm, I might have to, I have to dig out my old laptop when I go home because it there's an outside chance it's there. Yeah, <laughs> but mate, that is the best best region name you'll ever get. Yeah. So obviously these are going really well, uh, and they're a decent side. Even though on paper the squad doesn't look that strong, but there's always a team like that that does well. But yeah, I think the way we play stacks up quite well against them. So I'm gonna say three-one leads. Well, it was, and it was nice last year for. This is kind of the highlight of Bamford's season last season, wasn't it? Getting getting the goal against Preston. Yeah, he got where well, he got two. Yeah, uh, it, there's something about Deepdale. You know, Bamford, Billy Painter, Neil Kilkenny getting a goal there as well. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say we win one-nil. Yeah, as I said, because Preston away is quite tough, you've, we've got to beat Birmingham. If we got four points from two, that'd be okay. It is worth saying out of the four games we we last recapped when we when we last spoke about that, we'd settled on seven or eight points from those four games we'd have been happy with. Yeah. It didn't quite go so no, well. No, and we got, what, four? Yeah, we got four. And we won the hardest one, in theory. Yeah. Although, no, Millwall was the hardest one because it's fucking Millwall away and we always lose. So if we're predicting... Four, if, if we're saying we get four points from these two, I'd prepare yourselves for one. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, if we got one point from these two games, I think I'd I'd, I'd be starting to move on to the legi- actually worried scale. <laughs> I am thinking about being worried. Yeah, I want to be. I want to be full on. Trust the process. Every metric says we're the best team in the league, but I've just. I just know that that's just not how it's going to work because it's Leeds. No, and unfortunately, and th- and this is the thing. Like it, it does get tough when. Yes, we have the best manager we've, or possibly ever had in terms of experience, uh, and. and most measurable terms, because again, when Don Revy turned up, he you know he didn't have the experience. David O'Leary, his first job. Howard Wilkinson had some experience. No, you're right because I mean Wilkinson came in very experienced, but 
I mean, Reavy got the experience at Leeds. Yeah. He became great at Leeds, whereas Bielsa was already, you know, the guy with all, who all the books were written about before yeah. we even got George, here. George Graham would. George Graham was a renowned manager, but also a disgraced manager. So yeah, true. that was that was tough. Um, and then after that, it's kind of a struggle. But yeah, like like you say, the, the longer we kind of go on these runs, you know, where we're, where we're dropping points against teams we we should be beating, it gets tougher and tougher to defend Bielsa. Yeah, and I mean, like, if we finished up seventeenth, I still wouldn't want to get rid of him. Like I wouldn't. I'd, I'd have to think about it. I'm all in. I am all in on Bielsa. But if we don't go up this season, he's gone anyway. So yeah. But no, the uh, hopefully when we come back, probably in a week. So it probably will be before the Preston game, but we'll hear it after. Hopefully, we'll have just absolutely dispatched Birmingham, and we'll be a bit more cheerful. We are definitely losing to Birmingham, but beating Preston. Yeah. Although, I must say, it has once again brought home the fact that, God, international breaks are boring. Yeah, uh, I can't say I care. You know, I've, I've got things to do. I'll put the England game on while I'm doing a few bits. But, no, it's just, the, the, I think the best bits come out of this was seeing Ben White and Calvin Phillips on holiday in uh, Iceland. Their Instagram story was, was lovely. Yeah, it's, it's just yet more reason for me to say, when I grow up, I want to be Ben White. You get to go out with Calvin Phillips. Yeah, because because he seems like a lovely bloke. <laughs> well, and again, that this is this has been and gone since the last since the last podcast. As someone who I hit thirty, so I'm getting closer and closer. Oh yeah, it's been your point. birthday. I know I did speak to you at the time, but because it was like in the middle of the four yeah. weeks off, I forgot that we hadn't had a podcast since. Yeah, I'm 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 now officially slightly older. Yeah, I, I don't want to say old. That's quite a nice day. It was lovely. I can't remember how much detail I gave to you, but yeah, I kind of looked around and and around here, there's quite a few things you can get for free on your birthday. So I went to I went to a coffee place and got a hot chocolate for free. I went to a donut place and got. Was it Voodoo Donut? It wasn't Voodoo Donuts. No, uh. Uh, I'll give them a plug. Pip's Original Donuts in Northeast Portland. It was nice. I was meant to get half a dozen. They gave me nineteen. Now that's that's a decent deal. I can't remember what a dozen is, but it worked out very nicely for me. So yeah, go. You know, if you're in Portland, go to Northeast, get yourself to Pips. And while you're waiting in the queue at Pips, you can go read the stories on through it all together. Yes. Just even if what you, even if you don't really give a shit what it says, just fucking click on it. <laughs> if this was ten years ago, we'd be telling you to click on an advert and buy a shed. Um, but you know. When, We've moved on now, but the the last thing I got to do on my on my birthday, which was quite nice, it was it was a free hour. A spa. I turned up, and uh, as uh, you know, they're telling me about the place. I'd never been there before, and like, and the one thing you need to do is you have to hand your phone over. It's like, ah, I was just planning on I was going to use my phone to do some reading, and the the woman at the said, "Well, uh, unfortunately, our clients don't like it when people have their phones." I was like, "Why not?" And her response was. Uh, naked people tend not to want their pictures taken when they don't know about it. That's a fair point. Unbeknownst to me, I was at a nudist bar. Well, I mean, was it free? It was free. So yes. you went in, right? That was the key part here. I definitely went in. Yeah. <laughs> and what what I kind of what I kind of realised is one, especially when you sat in a jacuzzi. Obviously, when someone kind of moves in your peripheral vision, you kind of drawn to it. Yeah. And then it's a naked person, so you look and then you look away. 
which makes you look even more conspicuous. Yeah, and I mean, you must have looked really conspicuous, you know, being the only one walking around with three balls. Well, no, I kept I kept my clothes on. <laughs> Pussy. I, uh, <laughs> I couldn't... I could, well, strictly speaking, it was clothing optional. It wasn't nudist, but... So I was there, you know, I couldn't find my swimming shorts, so I had compression shorts and football shorts on. So I, I kind of double-bagged, if you will. Um... But it was nice, and then the last sort of ten minutes I was there, I got talking to a couple who who were both naked, and I've never made eye contact with people so much in my life. <laughs> it's like I'm staring this man down. Just go, don't look anywhere else. Yeah. Did they? Uh, did they look down and go a verse for the man who has nothing to hide, but still wants to? But still. Wants to. Oh, very much so. Yeah. What was quite funny was like I hadn't spoken to, I wasn't speaking to anyone. Um, in fact, I was—I had a little notebook out and I was writing up a session plan for that evening, and uh, and drawing cocks all over it. <laughs> <laughs> it just—it just said to me, "So where whereabouts are you from?" I was like, "How the fuck does he know I'm not from around here? Is it the shorts?" <laughs> I don't know if the shorts kind of signalled I was an out of towner. No, it'll have just been your general disposition. Try the f- yeah. Who's this toss part that's wearing his shorts? Fucking pervert. <laughs> yeah, you never want to be... You definitely don't want to be the only one who is naked, but you also don't want to be the only one who isn't. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to go back, but, well, I might do, you know, one day, if it, I ever happen to cross it again on my birthday. But, yeah, I can say, if it's free. Yeah, <laughs> uh, free, I'll pop in for an hour. So, yeah, that, that was my birthday. Yeah. The, the only one not in a birthday suit, the only one whose birthday it was. <laughs> And I have a ball for every decade of my life now. I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that's fair. And if you want to hear more about Casey's balls, you can check out live updates on Through It All Together. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> ball watch. It goes up on the aggregate sites like News Now and stuff, so you would get to see it just pop up in a list of that. Bielsa said this at a press conference. Oh, Leeds are linked with the move for this guy in January. KC's balls. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, that will do us, because, you know, I've I've run out of this beer, and, I get, and I'd best not cash in too many favours to get her to bring me another one. So uh, that'll be the end of episode 57. We should be back a lot quicker this time. Uh, Thanks for not bugging us too much. Because, you know, I know that your life was empty without our podcast. Like, there is no way that you could get keep going without it for any longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't know what I've done with all this time since since our last podcast as well. I do. You've gone and stared at dicks in a spell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair play. Yeah, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod. You can follow the stuff we write at, at thiu. It's all lufc. Uh, we have a few people signed up to write stuff, but we're always after more. So if anyone has anything they want to do, get in touch with me. It's a uh, thiu. It's all lufc at gmail dot com. But it's probably easier to just get in touch on Twitter because I check that more often, to be honest. Or at Mighty White's Pod, whichever. Uh, I think that'll do us. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. Bye.